Hello, I'm Risa Williams, and this is The Motivation Mindset. I'm a book author and therapist here in Los Angeles, and I wrote the book, The Ultimate Time Management Toolkit. And this is a podcast about getting stuff done without all the stress. And if you're interested in working with me, you can come to my Get Stuff Done Goals group. Our next meeting is March 15th at 9 a.m. Pacific time. And I hope to see you there. You can sign up at risawilliams.com. And if you sign up for my newsletter, you can get a 50% off discount. So thank you everyone who's been coming to the groups and thanks to everyone out there who's been listening. Here's another episode on navigating everyday challenges and roadblocks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Motivation Mindset. I'm here today with Ryan Muldoon. He is an associate marriage and family therapist, so he's a therapist in training, and he's also a comedian and social media influencer. He transitioned into therapy with the encouragement of his own therapist and is yearning to help others. He also has ADHD, and that's what we'll be speaking about today, ADHD tools and strategies. So welcome, Ryan, to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. As you know, I write books for people who have ADHD. I specialize in helping adults with ADHD, and I have a few ADHD traits myself, although I am not fully diagnosed. I completely understand what it's like to have Mm. a brain that you have to invent workarounds for, which is part of the reason I wrote my books. Like We need different workarounds that work for our own particular brains. And that can be so helpful to, first of all, admit it to yourself. I think my brain needs some tools to get through everyday tasks or to get through certain things and then look for tools that work. And then the key piece when you have ADHD is remembering to use the tools that are working. Yes, totally. Yeah, I've I've noticed that for me, structure is great, Yes, but it's be- most beneficial for me if the structure is flexible. So if it's rigid yeah. structure... It just doesn't work. Not so good. Yeah. I'm going to deviate from it. Like That is very typical of a lot of the people I work with with ADHD. They both need structure, but they also want freedom. So the way I pitch it to people is our brains need a mix of both. You know, I think this is true of everyone, not just people who have ADHD. We need a mix of steady, safe structure, but pieces that we can move around and feel like we have a little bit of wiggle room and freedom because we can go too rigid. And then our brain wants Hmm. to be a rebel and say, no, I'm not doing any of it. Yes, absolutely. I've dealt with my brain being a rebel my whole life. And uh, yeah, just throughout my life, mostly academic career, I just didn't fit the mold of academia uh, in the education system because Oftentimes it was very rigid structure and yeah. my uh, mom helped me a lot with studying. Um, maybe she helped me too much. She really tried to encourage me to have a lot of rigid structure and to study yeah. in certain ways, which was sitting down and focusing and just sitting down and focusing. But sitting down, sitting down <laughs> was not a good like fit for me as a yeah. kid. Yeah. So I appreciate her, but uh, she did the best she could, but uh, a little too structured for for me. Yeah. Well, and often that's what I'm talking about with finding the workarounds, especially as we become adults, saying what works for my brain. For instance, I have learned about my own brain that I work in bursts of energy. And many of the people who have come on the show have talked about that, right? Like they've learned they are a short burst type of person. Like we can write a lot and get a lot of things done. 
in a two-hour stretch, but then I've learned I need to take a break because there's something called hyper-focusing. And for those of you out there who don't know what that is, it's something people with ADHD can often do very well, and some people who don't have ADHD can do sometimes, which is you get so fixated on what you're doing, it almost feels like flow, that you can zoom through a task and do really hard things in a short period of time. But the piece of that is that we don't always understand. We're burning through so much energy doing it. We're burning through like all our neural energy in one big burst. So I say it's like blasting off into hyperspace. You can get to the next planet really fast, but you're going to be shaky and need to refuel afterwards. So Ryan, what's your experience with hyperfocus? Oh boy. Uh, Yeah. So I didn't understand. I didn't know hyperfocus was a thing. Until <laughs> right. uh, until I went to grad school. Although I've had ADHD diagnosed since I was a child, I don't think anyone told me about hyperfocus. Yeah, I don't think people were talking about it. It's become a thing now because of social media. People post about it. Okay, because I definitely it happens to me, and uh, I've realized it happens absolutely when I'm editing videos. Yeah, uh, and I, I can get stuck editing a video for hours. Hyperfocus for me with the videos gets coupled with uh, perfectionism. Yeah. I am definitely a perfectionist. So I will get hyperfocused on something, but I'll try to make it as perfect as possible. So I'll just, right. I'll just stick with it, like the same thing. For you get caught in a loop trying to make it yeah. like exacting and perfect in the details. And that's what hyperfocus feels like. It feels like you're piecing all these things together and you're getting into the nitty gritty of it. And I think in the beginning of hyperfocus, when we're having like a burst of it, our brain is lit up and our focus is there. But what happens is at some point after a couple hours of that, it starts feeling really stressful and really hard on our brains. Because again, we burn through all our energy. Our bodies are probably telling us, take a break, like stop sitting in that chair, staring Mm -hmm. at the computer, but we're kind of overriding it and not really listening to it. And that's what I try to teach people is there is a tipping point where you need to get up and take a break. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can totally relate to the burnout. Um, and so I got burnt out with social media. I, I used to be a quote unquote influencer full time. Uh, I was yeah. making comedy videos. So I, I wasn't, it wasn't a beauty page. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> influencer. Um, but I would just burn myself out. Well, comedy, especially you're focusing on like, what's the funniest timing of the video, right? So I can see you get locked into, I got to get the perfect take and then I got to edit it just so. And then I would think like, all right, what's the best caption for this? What's the most effective caption? And I was just like, all right, well, how do I word this caption? Am I spelling it correctly? Let me check. Let me Google this word to make sure I'm spelling it correctly. And how's my punctuation? Just like perfectionism with hyper-focus and it. It caused me to reevaluate what I wanted to do with my life. And I just, I ended up resenting my career as a comedy influencer. Um, Yeah. It burnt me out, like led to depression. Um, And then through going to therapy, uh, I like looked at that with my therapist and over time just realized, I don't think I want to do this anymore full time. Yeah. There's so many people out there trying to do what you achieved. 
And I like to hear the other piece of that. It's like, it is so much work. And I don't think people understand how much work it is because they look at a two second or 30 second video and they're like, oh, he just filmed this on the fly. But no, you were agonizing about it. You were editing it for hours and hours and hours, right? And getting in your head about it. And of course, it leads to burnout. It leads to this like unrealistic expectation that you have to create these things nonstop. Yeah, I started out making Vine videos. Vine is an app which no longer exists, uh, but those were six second videos. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I would spend hours making a six second video. (laughs) Right. And that's the piece people don't understand. I really want people listening to understand like it seems effortless, but it is not effortless. It's burning a lot of people out. I know I'm friends with. A lot of influencers still. Yeah. Um, and I've been in the influencer community for uh, uh, 10 years now. Um, and a lot of influencers don't like it. One of the downsides is that in order to be an, ef- an effective influencer and gain a following and maintain a following is often consistency of making videos and content. Mm-hmm. But with that consistency comes the need to f- work nonstop or I'm sorry, the need to yeah. feel like you have to work nonstop. Yeah. It's definitely very draining. I looked at my own career and I tried to forecast like, where is this going? Like what's, yeah. the, what's the end goal of this? And I started social media just for fun. Like I, I right. wasn't into Instagram or anything. Did it purely just for fun. And then I acquired a large audience. And I was like, all right, I'm, I guess I'm doing this now. Like I said, I it was like, where's this going? I concluded, I think it's never ending. <laughs> yeah. You would have to keep creating nonstop yeah. just to keep even, it up. Even A-list celebrities are now doing social media. Right. Because at first I thought I'll do this until I don't have to anymore. And I can just, right. and when I first started in order to be a successful standup, you didn't need to do social media, but now you yeah. do. So um, I think that's an interesting point. Let's talk about that because a lot of people listening are on social media and a lot of them are trying to gain followers and all this. Tell me the top three things you can think of as advice you would give someone to not burn out on social media. Hmm, good question. Make videos that are sustainable. Make content that you think could be sustainable. Try to think of something that's relatively easy to do. <laughs> and that could be doing talking head things, just looking into the camera and talking to your audience, as opposed to writing sketches with multiple camera angles and, and costumes, costumes. <laughs> lighting <laughs> yeah, right like it's a whole film production sometimes yeah for yeah. this 10 second video you hire quote unquote actors which for me it was my friends yeah. uh, scheduling that it's time consuming it's difficult. So, yeah. yeah i would say just think about what can be sustainable for you i would say yeah like in your book uh the ultimate time management toolkit what do you call it time buffers yeah time buffer breaks that's like time take buffer scheduled breaks So make sure you're not doing a long burst of hyper-focus. Yeah. And when we're in that creative flow, it can feel like, like you were saying, it feels really good and it can Mm -hmm. feel like you need to stick with that moment or else the ideas are going to go away. But in my experience, I can walk away from a project and like do a lap around my neighborhood. The ideas are still there and it helps me not burn out taking those breaks. And a third thing. In order to not burn out, uh, oh, do something else with your life. In addition to that, this is, I did not, I did not do that. Um, (laughs) You were just on social media all the time or making stuff for social media. 
I was either making videos, writing, uh, writing stand up, or doing stand up, or thinking about all of that. Yeah, um, yeah, it was like too much of one thing. Yeah, and really thinking like this is the best thing I can do for my career. It's like just work. <laughs> no, right. grateful that I've learned what not to do. Um, <laughs> also, by going to school, yeah. So I'm hoping this time around, I do want to build an audience again, but I don't want it to dominate my life. So it's in all short, about balance, isn't it? Really? Yeah. And we start things sometimes because they're fun and they're like a passion project, and then yeah. somehow along the line, we turn it into work, and then somehow after that, we turn it into a really bad job. <laughs> where we're being really mean to ourselves, you know, saying I've done that in the past, where I've created something fun and then turned it into work and then turned it into a bad job after that. That's exactly what happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't have to. We don't have to do this to ourselves is what we're encouraging you, especially with social media. You don't have to turn it into work. Yeah, I think you, it's, just, it's important to really take breaks serious. Take that seriously. Take your hobby yeah seriously. <laughs> right. Meaning like really be mindful to incorporate hobbies and breaks and other passions and socializing relationships. Self-care. We could call it the umbrella of just self-care, like take care yeah. of yourself, but take that seriously. Cause without that, you don't have anything. There's not going to be a body and brain going along for all the fun stuff if we're not taking care of it and upkeeping it. Yes. And one thing I've done is reframe things. For example, I uh, make a list inspired by your book. I, Ooh, I love it. I made my own uh, PDF table. You even have color coding in there from my book. You color coded yeah. it. I love it. And the color coding works great for me because I'll have uh, work stuff is green, which sounds like it's like all about making money, but it's just a color I, I, I enjoy. I pick green too. <laughs> it just seems like a good work color. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Blue is social media. Red is life tasks, like <laughs> everyday stuff. Yeah, like getting yeah. changed. Um, yeah. And yellow is self care. And but I switched some life tasks from red to yellow, and it really okay. helped. It really helped my brain be motivated to do that self care. We um, had to give it a label that was important yeah. to us. That meant like we value this. So, what is something that you switched over? Um. One thing was calling my parents. <laughs> nice. Because um, I, I was labeling, labeling it, according to the color, as a life task. Um, yeah. But, but I've, then I thought to myself, like, wait, family is good for me. <laughs> yes. Uh, maintaining relationships is good. Uh, connection is yeah, good. And people who get you outside of all the things you do, that's yes. good. And my parents want, want to hear from me. It makes them feel good. Yeah. And in turn, makes me feel good. Everybody wins. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. Even something like taking a walk. We could just think, oh, I'll take a walk whenever. If we label it, this is my self-care goal of the week. I'm going to take walks whenever I get stressed out. Yeah. Now we've upped it in priority to our own brain. So there's a better chance we're actually going to do it because we've labeled it something that we value. Like, I need the walk. The walk is non-negotiable. Like, after a hard session or a hard class I've taught, I need to go for a walk. If we say it like that to ourselves, suddenly the walk becomes something we can enjoy and look forward to instead of something, oh, maybe I'll get around to it. And then we just yeah. push it down the list. Yeah, yeah. And I'll even think of it 
as like, oh, I should do this. It'd be good if I did this. Yeah, uh, it'd be good for me. It's interesting yeah. when we change our language to our own brain, our brain suddenly decides it's a good thing to do. Yeah. It, it went from like, all right, I should I should do this. Like, oh, yeah. oh I got to call my dad. Uh, <laughs> right, right, right. Like, oh, I really should. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be a good thing. Brain, yeah. you're going to get a good boost out of it, you know? Yeah. And um, also another thing I've done, the term self-care is um, used quite a bit. So just, mm-hmm. just for fun, in my phone, I've labeled it uh, as, I named it karate. I don't know, it made me chuckle one day. <laughs> It's like you're getting a black belt in self-care. Yeah. It's like I love a it. People, a lot of people practice self-care. I go to <laughs> karate practice and <laughs> Ryan, I think we should start a dojo. <laughs> self-care <Yeah>. dojo. And <laughs> we, we just give people belts as yeah. they hit these markers. Right. This yeah. is a new business model for us. <laughs> and maybe during as they do different tasks, they put on a different color belt. I love it. Yeah, a green belt. <laughs> They're working. I like it. I like that. Okay, good. Well, thank you so much, Ryan, for all your tips and our new business idea, the self-care dojo. I yeah. think this is great. I hope we've inspired people out there to take breaks, to take your self-care more seriously, and to lighten up with social media and keep it fun. Don't make it work for yourself and don't make it a bad job for yourself. Yes, yes. And also, uh, if you don't mind me doing some self-promotion. I am a working therapist. I'm an associate. So I'm, I work under uh, my supervisor's license, but I mm-hmm. have been working with clients for over two years and I am accepting new clients. Um, so if you want me to be your therapist. Or karate teacher. Or karate teacher. <laughs> uh, let, let's do it. Yeah, my website is ryanpsych.com, R-Y-A-N-P-S-Y-C-H.com. Uh, nice. So check Ryan out. And thank you so much, Ryan. Good luck course, to you, you on your self-care journey. Thank you very much. Thank you. If you're enjoying tools discussed on the show, please visit RisaWilliams.com. There you can learn about my wonderful guests, upcoming episodes. You can check out my books and planners, and you can sign up for my Get Stuff Done Goals group. And a big thank you to everyone around the world who's been tuning in lately to tune up your daily mindset. I appreciate you. And I'm glad you've been checking out the show. It's so much fun to see that this show is charting in so many different countries around the world. I'm Risa Williams, and we're out of time for today. Thanks for listening.